Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Let's turn this evening. Glory to God. It's good to be, good to be back home. Hallelujah. Book of John, Gospel of John. And chapter 6, and uh, I hope you guys could ramp up and get ready to receive. Hallelujah. I'm not here for myself. I'm here to service your faith, give you a lube job, flush your radiator. Hallelujah. Rotate the tires. If you need a quick nitro injection, we'll do that too at the altar. Hallelujah. So, John chapter 6 And I, I don't like to talk about myself. A lot of stuff we're doing in Israel is stealth and because of the security situation. And uh, I got involved in triathlon not because I wanted to. I'm not into pain, okay? <laughs> I'm not in trying to win medals and trophies and have something to brag about. I'm not really into that stuff. Um, I like the motif, the scum of the earth, what Paul says. I'm the scum of the earth. Hallelujah. I like that. Amen. And I find out the lower I get, the more he manifests. So I like getting really low. But I noticed as I began to move into Israel, got settled there with our five children and with Dalit, that I began to see that God wants to do a new wineskin in his body. He's not going to use this apologetic, um, destiny-centered Mamby-pamby, male, spineless, castrated, weak, Winnie the Pooh message originating from many places in the Bible belt here, okay? It is an ear-tickling, spineless message that all about your destiny. I don't want my destiny. I want his destiny. Hallelujah. I don't want my best life now. I want to be dead. Hallelujah. I want his life. Are you with me, folks? And this message is not raising up a bunch of warriors, it's just raising up a bunch of castrated Christians who don't know how to fight war, okay, that roll over in this hour. And I I think we need to rise up and have a revolution, amen? Come on, folks. And so I began to hang out with these special force units, and I found out that uh, what they did in their spare time was exercising. And so as I was out with them at night and carrying loads and just learning what it means to defend the borders of Israel from hundreds and millions of jihadist Muslims that want to kill us and drive us into the sea. And uh, this is our land given to us by God. Hallelujah. And we're there to stay, and I ain't moving. Amen. And I know the best defense is offense. And I ain't going to hunker down on some bomb shelter mentality. Hallelujah. We're going to strike into the heart of the enemy. So I began to hang out with some of these special forces guys I began to meet. And uh, I found out that what they did on the side to keep in shape was endurance sports, which has become really big in Israel now, which is Ironman. They call it Israman or triathlon. And so I just, you know, I, I was carrying some extra poundage. I think about 50 pounds overweight. I think, you know, um, I was be- progressing to be another middle-aged husband, father, another statistic in North America where, you know, I worked hard and doing my best job as a husband and father and being the priest in the house, but sometimes I'd eat too much, you know what I'm saying, big portions. And um, even though I may work out a couple times a week, I wasn't doing enough working out to really justify getting rid of the calories. And I began to notice that I was getting bigger, I was getting more slothful, a little bit lazier, a little bit more tired in my lifestyle. Come on, folks. And I would read about Joshua and Caleb, and Caleb, 80 years old, he wants to take out those giants in Hebron. I said, man, that must be the grace of God. No, folks, it is a decision to fight evil. Hallelujah. And somewhere in the mix of all that, 
um, I began to decision, I, I need to get back in shape. How many people God's speaking to to get your temple back in shape? I think we got about 100% there. Come on. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> because God, in the Bible says that we present our members as instruments of righteousness. The word instrument there is the same Greek word used of weapons. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, hello, weapon of war. <laughs> Glory to God. And uh, anyway, make a long story short, you know, I just decided out of necessity there in Israel, and, and, and I noticed a lot of people are starting to exercise more and want to get in shape and have a right diet since 9-11, by the way. Have you noticed that? And um, anyway, I, I began to just read through the Bible and talks about blessed is the son who doesn't sleep and harvest, but, you know, all labor there is profit. And I began to realize that the entire Bible revelation given to us was an agricultural-based society where people worked hard, not just athletics, folks. We're talking about hardworking farmers, hardworking fishermen. Amen? And I didn't want to be one of those Christians that was like a blister, only showed up when the work was finished. I want to be a, you know what I mean? Come on. And so I decided, you know, to join their workout sessions early in the morning. I love the morning. I love to get up in the shahar blackness of God. Hallelujah. I love to get guillotined by my brainstem before the caffeine kicks in. Amen. Hallelujah. I love his presence to kick me open. Hallelujah. Download fresh manna for the day. And as I began to work out with these, these special units, they began to tell me that they, they train with these different teams. And so I joined the local college team down the street, there by the tribal area of Manasseh and Ephraim. Make a long story short, I got in there. I found out that I was the only one there that was my age. I was a, they said I was gray-haired, and what are you doing there? And I said, this is not gray hair. This is silver hair. It's a difference. <laughs> And because I was an Ole Chadash, I was a new immigrant, and they liked me, and they liked the shofar, they incorporated me into their team. And uh, the first couple, 12, I say the first 12 weeks, I didn't run. I just kind of shuffled along, you know. <laughs> and they would laugh. And, but they weren't laughing because I, I was overweight or I wasn't in shape. They were just kind of laughing because they have this idea that Americans are soft. You know what I'm saying? And it's part of the Israeli endurance motif. The motif of the society is this overcome, we're going to win, we're not going to give up, we're the underdog. That's the only way you're going to survive over there, folks. And God has put that in them, hallelujah. And so I noticed after a few weeks that I was tormented. I'd come home, uh, I'll tell you folks, I have never felt pain like that before. And uh, anyway... I began to call out to God. I said, God, do you still want me to do this? Because I could have given up at any moment. It was not about a cosmetic change in my life. Come on, folks. A lot of folks are just lifting weights, working out just for a cosmetic change. It ain't going to work. It's all self-centered. So, you know, I, I just, I wanted to get into their environment. And I began to notice that the leader of this special unit and the leader of this unit and this per famous person and this unit, and I was shocked. They all do this. This is like what they do instead of going bass fishing here on Saturday morning. This is what they do. And so I said, man, I'm going to meet these guys and get to know them. So we began to, things began to happen. And I told Steve or somebody, I think I don't know Steve or Diane, they said, I can't believe you're doing this. And even my wife at times, I can't believe you're doing this. I said, I know God. So something about God in this thing, and we're going to stay with it. John chapter 6. Are you with me? This is for you tonight, folks. Verse 15, Jesus therefore perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. Now when evening came, he, his disciples went down to the sea, and after getting into the boat, he started across into the sea at Capernaum. It had already become dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. And the sea began to be stirred up because a strong wind was blowing. When therefore they had rowed about three or four miles, they beheld Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and they were frightened. And he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Hallelujah. And so, as I began to progress in this environment, doing all these other special projects, what we're doing, um, I noticed after four months, 
five months of this that the coach, who's a legend in Israel, said to me, Shlomo, I believe you should try out for the Olympic team. And I looked at him and says, what have you been smoking? I mean, what? And he says, no, I see something. You don't see it, but I see it. I think you have potential. And, um, and so I said, okay, let's do it. And I couldn't think of anything happier for my father who's passed away than for his son to go in, in the Maccabi Olympics. So I took some a little bit of inheritance money and put it toward the application and send it off and, and ran a race. And I noticed in the race to qualify for the team, something supernaturally happened, folks. Hallelujah. And I want to open that up to you, this realm, glory to God, and why this church and why the mantle on this congregation and the angel that's over this place is whew, specifically tailored for this realm to erupt in here through you and other places that you're extending out to. Hallelujah. And I'm going to give you the facts of why that is. Glory to God. I noticed that something happened. There was a suspension of time. Um, Physically, I was not able to run certain times, but I noticed when I came to the end of myself, I began to live inside, outside. Hallelujah. I began to draw on the greater one within me, and something supernatural happened that I cannot explain except through reading a few scriptures to you. Look over here in verse 21 of John chapter 6. They were willing, therefore, to receive him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at land to which they were going. So we see here that there was an immediate suspension of linear time. We live in a linear time. You know, I was born in 61, and you can try to add that all up, find out how old I am. I'll tell you real quick, 48. But anyway, we live in linear time, but in God's realm, there is no time. Hallelujah. He is the Alpha and Omega. He's above time. Glory to God. So the spirit realm, the realm of the Holy Spirit is a now realm, but it is not a linear time realm. So when Jesus got back in the boat, glory to God, immediately they went, I don't know how many kilometers it would be, four or five kilometers from the middle of the lake to the other side instantly. Go with me to Joshua chapter 10 now. Joshua chapter 10. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. Woo! I feel people perking up right now. Almost two miles. Thank you. That's a long distance. I swim that lake. Woo! Joshua chapter 10. So, verse 7 Joshua and the men of war. Now, notice you're a little hard there, Brother Scott. Listen, it's not time to have a bunch of nurses, it's time for surgeons right now. Amen. It's not time for us to sit around and just, you know, listen to all these soft messages, amen, to comfort us and stroke us the right way. Come on. I guarantee you, all these big churches out there that have millions of dollars, they're stroking the people, and they are not making disciples. I don't want any part of it. And so, God, listen, folks, this is powerful stuff. The people, Jewish people came out of Egypt with the gold and silver of the greatest empire on earth, okay? And they still complained. They saw the Egyptian bodies, bloated horses, washing up on the Red Sea. They saw the works during the Passover, okay? And they still complained, and they said in Numbers 14, we want to go back to Egypt. And God says, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to take them all out. I'm going to start a new race to you, Moses. Moses maybe should not have prayed that. Anyway, he prayed, Lord, pardon them. He says, I pardon them according to your word. But truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. So the glory of the Lord is about possession, possessing land, taking out giants, war. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Come on. I'm kosher. Come on. Hallelujah. And so God says, you know what? I'm going to take care of you. 
And I believe this is where the North American church is right now. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you a maintenance anointing. I'm going to give you air conditioning by day, heating by night. I'll give you a pillar for GPS navigation. But you're going to fall. Your carcasses are going to fall in this desert because you're not people of war. You're a bunch of complainers. You're stiff-necked. You won't believe despite all the signs and wonders. I'll give you manna. I'll give you quail every once in a while. But I'm looking in your loins for a warrior generation. I'm going to drop you in this wilderness. I'm going to take care of you, okay? But I, my purpose is will be fulfilled in a destiny that's in your loins. Now get up and follow the cloud. And so that destiny came forth. Hallelujah. And I don't want to be part of this next generation if God tarries his son's return. I want to be a Caleb or Joshua. How about you? Hallelujah. Now Caleb in Hebrew is two meanings. Caleb is Kalev in Hebrew, which means according to one's heart. Also, the word kalev is dog, D-O-G. So I don't know what a greater miracle is, Pastor Steve, a young adolescent boy named David or David killing one giant, or an 80-year-old man named Dog killing three giants in Hebron. Hallelujah. Because he took out three of them. Amen? Woo, I like it. Glory to God. I like hanging around with people like this. Amen? You can't fly like an eagle if you're surrounded by a bunch of turkeys. Change your relationships. Move forward. Hallelujah. (laughs) And so Joshua and the men of war, glory to God, they're coming up. They had an awesome visitation of God at Jericho. Somebody got greedy, hid the idols in his tent. They got a Gullius Gullius Maximus country whooping at Ai. They cleaned the house, and now they're going into the land. Come on, folks. Are you with me? And it says here in verse 7, Joshua went up to Gilgal. Gilgal is a very key location in the Bible. It is a point of moving out of the desert into the promised land. Now, Gilgal in the Bible is a place of faith, a place of war, a place of going and possessing. Now, it also says in Hosea that I came to hate you at Gilgal. You say, what happened at Gilgal that you came to hate us? He says, that's where you anointed Saul to be your warrior instead of leaning after me. When we anoint a man or woman to lead us and to take us to war instead of us going to war, that's what God hates. It's that monarchy system. Come on, folks. It's that system that has a prophetic sense to it, okay? I recognize that system all the time. I meet people that are in that monarchy system. I meet pastors out there who are trying to break them open and get them set free. And uh, they're like they're like reigning Patriarchism. They think they're apostle so-and-so, apostle this and apostle that. Just because somebody has good business sense and can franchise a bunch of churches doesn't mean he's an apostle. Maybe you call him a bishop or overseer, but not an apostle. Seems to be a fad now. People call themselves apostles and prophets, you know. Most of these prophets are just non-profit ministries anyway. I'm, I'm calling this prophetic movement that's going on right now. I told Steve, I call it the mythical movement. You know, you're not in this group unless you have an angel visitation, okay? I don't want no mother angel visiting me. Ema, give me a break. I could go there a long time, but we don't have time for that, okay? Let's keep going, warriors, Amen. You see, Saul had an anointing. And I go to a lot of places where people act like Saul, okay? Has an anointing, but they're the ones that chase the David down and hunt him. You ever notice why some of these places that are seeker-sensitive, user-friendly, have, so to speak, good music? You know why? Because the pastor needs it to keep all the devils away from him. Saul called in David, okay? Anointed psalmist to keep the devils. And where did the demons come from? Where did the demons come from? God, correct. There, no, I'm not talking about this church. Don't look at me like that. I come here, hallelujah, to be a blessing. But I go places, hallelujah. And there's pastors that are demonized. They got so many demons floating in the rafters. They, they, that's why they hire such anointed worship leaders, just to give them some freedom so they don't get caught overdosing on Prozac or something. I don't know what's wrong with some of these pastors. They are control freaks. 
They're the ones hindering the move of God right now. They're the ones keeping God's people back from the living waters. They're the ones building monuments to their own name. And it's all coming down, folks. Judgment has begun in the house of God. You want me to name names? I'll name names. Let them come and try to sue me in Israel. I don't care. I'm looking for them. When I'm in the airport, I'm going in the first class lounges. Hallelujah. I'm looking for some of these pastors. Hallelujah. When I go through these airports in Phoenix, when I, <laughs> yeah, there's some AG pastors I'm looking for. Hallelujah. And I'm going to come to them in love and I'm going to tell them exactly what they're doing. Hallelujah. I can't do it in their church because their bodyguards will jump on me, throw me out. All these wannabe special force guys, you know. Anyway, moving right along. Gilgal. <laughs> Your anointing is rubbing off on me a little bit there, brother. <laughs> Verse 7. No, listen, I've been out of the country, and I come back, and I'm having culture shock. I've been back a couple times since I went to Israel, but this time I'm having culture shock. I turn on Christian TV, and I says, what is this? You say, why are you talking about this? Because we're trying to get you free. Come on, hallelujah. Well, isn't that a nice message? Okay, you already know that God loves you. Amen? John 3.16. What's John 3.16? What's John 3.20? Come on, Jesus is still talking. It's still red letters. Why didn't you? Because we want to know John 3, 16, but we don't want to know 18, 19, and 20, and 21. He says, those who do darkness do not come to the light. They hate the light. We want to just hear about how much Jesus wants to bless us. He wants to expose the darkness in us. Amen? And I guarantee you start exposing darkness in people's lives and raising up disciples, you will not have a large audience. Moving right along, Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him. Come on, hallelujah. Help me, Father. Verse 8, and the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. America is fearing Islam right now. There is such a caving in to the Muslims right now. Everybody wants this Unitarian type religion. Well, they just love them. Obama goes over there, secret Muslim president goes over there, bows down to the Saudi king, heads over there to Iran, Afghanistan with envoys from the State Department, they're laughing, the Muslims are laughing. The demons in them are laughing. Say, what are you doing? Are you preparing for peace? You're kidding? I'm preparing for war in Israel right now. I left with my kids. I had to clean out our bomb shelter because they're telling us there is new long-range missiles on the Lebanese border that just came in that can target Tel Aviv. And that's part of the vision I had. I had a vision when I first moved to Israel in language class with all the other immigrants. And we were singing, Psalms 133. And in that presence of all these other Jewish people from around the world learning the language in our homeland. Hallelujah. Suddenly I have a vision. Scares the snot out of me. Pardon my French. I saw missiles coming from Iran hitting Israel. We're preparing for war, brothers and sisters. Verse 9, Joshua came upon them suddenly by marching all night from Gilgal. Hallelujah. Folks, That you have to be in shape to march all night from the lowest point on earth up to Jerusalem and then back down, okay? All night and then go to war. Verse 10, and the Lord confounded them before Israel. He slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and pursued them by the way of ascent of Beit Horon and struck them as far as Azekah and Makadah. And they came about as they fled from before Israel, while they're at the descent of Beit Horon, that the Lord threw large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. <laughs> Amazing. And there were more who died from the hailstones than those of the sons of Israel killed with the sword. No, that is in the Bible. God is good all the time. God is good. 
I get really tickled, Pastor Steve, when these pastors talk about, you know, God is good all the time. God is good. You know, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Psalms 136. It's funny, if you read the rest of it, give praise to the Lord for he is good. Him who slew Agog, king of the Amorites. <laughs> See, people think Jesus is coming back as a shepherd. He's not coming back as a shepherd. He's coming back as a reigning military hero. Hallelujah. Read Revelation 1. Verse 12, then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon, O moon in the valley of Avalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Yashar that the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day? And there was no day like that before it or after it when the Lord listened to the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Hallelujah. Now, what I want to come to is this point of the suspension of time. Sun stands still at Gibeon, moon in the valley of Avilon. Avilon, excuse me. Um, as I was doing this training on the side and starting to get in better shape, losing some weight, whatever, I began to notice that if I was going to compete in the Olympics, I was just content to let nobody know about it, okay? I was going to advertise about it, I was just going to do it to get in there. If I finished last or DNF, did not finish the race, it's okay with me. I just want to be in there. I'm not interested in medal. I'm not one of those guys who get totally depressed if he doesn't win first place every time, Amen. And it was in that place I began to notice in the natural, I began to call Steve, you know, and I said, listen, if I'm going to do anything here, um, I need to get healed. Because I was having some uh, minor run, running injuries. And so Steve, we began to pray and talk one night. And I said, should I go, should I go like uh, public with this, you know? And I told him, you know, we need to believe God for 15 or 20 minutes here. Because there's no way I can even get a medal unless we have some type of change physically or a supernatural event. And Steve got this word about <laughs> Joshua on the telephone. You remember that? And as he was talking, the sun stands still, the moon in the valley of Elion. He did not know it, but as he's talking, a f- the sun began to stand still. i never seen the sun like that before in Israel. It just was on the horizon. It was It was incredible. And then, in that same location a couple hours later, the moon came up and just, it was the largest full moon I've ever seen in my life. And the Lord was trying to prep me to believe for something. Hallelujah. Now, the next day, the Tel Aviv professional team invited me to come train with them, which I was really honored to hang out with them. A lot of the special force commanders and these guys are in that team. And they asked me to go, and I asked them where we're going. They said, outside Jerusalem to train tomorrow night. We want to invite you to come. I said, great. So I came along, and I began to ask one of the guys, where are we exactly? And he said, well, you read in the Bible about Yehoshua, Joshua, calling the sun to stand still? <laughs> this is the valley of Elon. This is it. I went, this is it? And I said, I get it, Lord. You're wanting us to believe for some type of suspension of time in the spirit realm. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. Type is a Jew requires a sign. Go with me to Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Go to Malachi or Matthew. Make a left-hand turn a couple books. You'll hit it. Okay? Habakkuk. Listen, it's not about me tonight. It's about you guys. Hallelujah. I don't have to sit in Israel and listen to all these Winnie the Pooh messages. Okay? <laughs> Be piped in to the Christian networks. There's not a whole lot of Christians there anyway. Now, in Habakkuk chapter 1, the oracle, verse 1, which Habakkuk saw. How long, O Lord, will thou call for help? Will I call for help and thou not hear? I cry out to thee violence that thou dost not save. Look at verse 4. Therefore the law is ignored, justice is never upheld, for the wicked surround the righteous. How many people feel like the wicked are surrounding the righteous in this country right now? Therefore justice comes out perverted. Okay, now they have a new Supreme Court lady. I mean, I might listen. I don't, I'm not concerned about her ethnic background, but I guarantee you, whoever they choose for Supreme Court nominee is going to be super left, super liberal. Come on, folks. 
Therefore, justice comes out perverted. And we're seeing that right now. We're sitting, sitting back and looking at what's happening in the Supreme Court and the, the circuit court judges and the federal appointed judges that this administration is setting forth. It is exactly because of this. Verse 5. Look among the nations. Observe, be astonished, and wonder. Because I'm doing something in your days you would not believe it even if it were told you. So the, th- the new thing that God was doing was in the midst of judgment coming upon Jerusalem. Okay, and I would encourage you if you could spend this week studying the book of Habakkuk. It's one of the most powerful messages that's in the New Testament. Why? Because Habakkuk is the key. It's the only place in the Bible it's mentioned, the just shall live by faith. The entire New Testament revelation, Romans 1, Galatians 3, Hebrews 10, the just shall live by faith comes out of this book. But this book is also surrounded by a realm in the spirit that this church has tapped into. And that you need to be dusted off and reignited. Okay? Because sometimes familiarity breeds contempt, you know what I'm saying? You're not really sure what you have in your midst here. So anyway, it says in chapter 2, verse 1, the prophet therefore says, I'll stand on my guard post, station myself on the rampart. I'll keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how am I reply when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, record the vision. This is in the midst of perverted justice, in the midst of judgment coming on the nation, in the midst of all kinds of wild things coming off, the moral fabric being ripped, the wheels coming off this thing. Okay, judgment was coming. God was going to do something and nobody there would even believe it. Isn't it like God, all these people preaching, you know, judgment's not coming on America. God loves America. And something totally opposite happens, America or Canada. And so the prophet, the first thing he does, that's what we need to do in this hour, he stations himself on the rampart. I'll keep watch to see what he'll speak to me, verse 1, and how I reply when I'm approved. We need to be coming to church, we need to be coming to our home groups, our fellowships, our personal quiet time, not looking for comforting words right now. We need to be looking for words of correction and reproof. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is the Greek word entheo. means you're in God. Hallelujah. You need, what's reproof? Nothing wrong with reproof, folks. Aberdeen Proving Grounds in, in Maryland is where they take naval weapons and they prove them over and over to see if they're going to work or not before they put them in a battlefield situation. Nothing wrong with us being proved, reproved, proved, rewind, proved, rewind, reproved, okay, in this hour. We need to come before his presence and say, Lord, change me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Identify any stress fractures in my character that I don't know about. Of course, my wife may see it, but I don't see it. Or whatever, because we're moving into some very exciting times, and God doesn't want our fuselage to crack up when we start doing the speed of light. Hallelujah. Verse 2, record the vision. Inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may what? doesn't say jog, does it? It says run. It doesn't say jog or walk. It says run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time it hastens towards the goal, will not fail, though it tarries. Wait for it. It will certainly come, will not delay. Verse 4, behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but my righteous one shall live by his faith. Now this one verse I just read to you is the key to the entire New Testament revelation. Now, in the Greek language, we had the revelation of faith being a substance. Now faith is. It's in the now realm. Hallelujah. It doesn't operate in linear time. It operates in this other realm. It's a gift from God. He's given each of us a measure of faith. We can increase that faith by the more we sit and listen to his rhema word. Faith comes by hearing the rhema word. Hallelujah. The Bible's alive. Hallelujah. People ask, how long should I read the Bible, Brother Scott? I says, until it starts reading you. And most of the rhema words you'll receive are those of correction and change. Amen. It's good. But misunderstand here that in the Hebrew language, the word faith is not identified as a substance. It's identified as a character fruit. Some translations correctly put it, the just shall live by his faithfulness. So faith in this hour is a faithfulness 
to record the vision and run it no matter how long it may tarry. To hold on no matter what. To endure. Come on, folks. To persevere. Personally, something severe. Come on. Hallelujah. To hang on and not give up, not lose hope. When Jesus returns, the Son of Man, will he find this faith on earth? It's the faith of the woman going to the unrighteous judge and not giving up. Come on. Hallelujah. And this is what he's looking for. And you can only have this type of faith if you know how to tap in by faith, yield to this unseen realm, the now realm. Faith is now. So we see here, what is the vision that the prophet is talking about? So this church has a micro vision um, to feed this area, to reach this area, to do these other things. It's wonderful. God's given this micro vision to each local church, okay, that he's ordained. However, there is a macro vision that supersedes all the micro visions. What is the macro vision of God in the scriptures? I quoted it earlier in Numbers 14. It's found again here in verse 14. Turn with me to verse 14. For the earth will be filled (laughs) with the intimate knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. The word intimate knowledge here, knowledge is da'at. First time it was used in Hebrew was Adam knew his wife Eve. When fornication, adultery is mentioned in the Bible, it never uses this word knowledge. Okay? Uses the same word used of animals, reproducing. But when they God-ordained relationship, husband and wife, there is an interfacing between the two of them, and they become one, hallelujah, and it's called intimacy. It's an intimate knowledge. And this is the mystery and the type of Jesus and his church. And this is the knowledge he wants to flood the earth with, a knowledge of this glory realm. Hallelujah. Now notice in chapter 3 and verse 11, we see again the suspension of linear time in the prophetic oracle here. Sun and moon stood in their places. Hallelujah. (laughs) Chrono, chronological time, stopped. They went at the light of thine arrows, at the radiance of thy gleaming spear. Now what is the context of this? Go with me to chapter 3 and verse 1 as we start to conclude the teaching portion of the message and it's almost 911 good hallelujah <laughs> i said all that for this moment there is an anointing on this congregation on pastor steve and diane their family those who serve here to s- launch into a realm of worship that suspends linear time and that is known in Hebrew as something crazy. The Hebrew word is mishigah, to be crazy. And it is used here in verse 1, shagainoth, or the shikinot. Remember those, Steve? Now it says in verse 1, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to the shikinoth or shagainoth depending on what part of the English language you prefer to use. I first came in contact with this type of music when somebody gave me one of Steve's radio call signals in New York City. I heard him water baptizing people online. Excuse me, on the radio live. And I thought I tickled and I laughed when he said, now make sure your radio is not near your bathtub, honey. And the more I began to listen to Steve, I, somebody got, gave me a hold of one of the first ones, Hashem. Hallelujah. The name. And I, at that time, was my wife and I were going into Canada a lot, doing revival meetings, and we began to play this CD because most of the places we went to didn't have really good worship. They had, you know, some nice musicians. But they were scared of this realm. They were scared of spontaneous if they didn't have the seven songs listed, you know, they weren't, sh- you know what I'm talking about, hallelujah. And the Spirit of God get moving, they won't know what to do. So as we're trying to coax them more into the realm of worship, come on folks, spontaneous worship, that I noticed that the Holy Ghost would really show up, not on Sunday morning or Sunday night, but on Monday night, 
or Thursday night, the off night when the people that came were really hungry. And usually the musicians were not there. And um, I remember I was in the, one of the largest churches on the West Coast, and uh, we were having revival meetings. And the pastor said, well, this musician who led the worship, he's the number one worship leader in North America. I said, why, is there a criteria somewhere, a top you know, pop chart, top 20 or something? And the guy get up there, great musician, everything, but he didn't ever get into this realm. And so I prayed one night that he would not show up. And the pastor came to me. We got a big problem, Brother Scott. Listen, I'm not sure if the crowd's going to show up. So-and-so is not showing up tonight. He's sick at home. I says, good. He says, what do you mean good? I says, you'll find out later. Ha! Glory to God. I love those meetings, Lord. And he says, we have the four-string worship leader. And she put together a quick band real quick. And I says, okay. So I'm sitting on the front row, and she's trying to fiddle-fill his shoes in the first song. And she realizes she don't have the same musical ability. And she's stumbling on the keyboard, and, you know, she's getting embarrassed. And I just said, Lord, use this humble vessel. And it was so beautiful. She stopped trying to perform and entertain and then make something happen through a good beat. And she just began to worship God as though she was in her own quiet time. And she started going on like that for five or ten minutes. The pastor was getting real nervous, you know. Big old church, thousands of people. And I'm just like, yes, Lord. And then suddenly, the atmosphere changed. Now, like what Steve said, you know, some people feel the fire, you know, feel the heat, feel the, you know, cold, whatever. I feel the Holy Ghost. I know when that linear time comes because I know when God visited me, hallelujah, as a drug addict and I got born again when I was 18, hallelujah. I know that realm and so do you. That's why you're part of this church. She began to worship God and suddenly the atmosphere of the whole room changed. Suddenly, hallelujah, people call up the glory, whatever. All I can say is God came in that big room. And she grabbed all the sheet music and threw it up in the air. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor's going like this. Some of the elders getting mad walking out. Good, let them leave. And the glory of God began to drop that night. Folks, we worship for four straight hours that night. I do not remember anything what I preached. I do not, all I remember, hallelujah, is when I stood up, I saw a white cloud of glory come down the center aisle and it hit the stage and that was it. I do not remember anything else like that. Hallelujah. Whew. One, two o'clock in the morning. The cloud starts to lift. The pastor says, that was incredible. I've never been in a service like that before. That was off the charts. A guy, an Air Canada pilot, a pilot for Air Canada, runs up and says, "This is the, I've been a Christian all my life. I've never been anything like this before. Here, here's 10 buddy passes. Fly anywhere you want. Hallelujah. On Air Canada. I wish I had a million dollars to give you. This is incredible. Walks away. Come on, folks. You see, when you get caught up in the now realm, it does something. It etches on the tablet of your heart so you can run a race to fulfill that vision fulfilling the earth rather than our own little micro vision. Woo, glory to God. And so I began to travel in Canada, and we used to put on, some of these worship teams could not enter that realm, so we put on Shaginoff. Hallelujah. I don't know how many of those things we sold in Canada. Our meetings would go so far at night. Folks, I remember at one, we were singing Hashem, Hashem, hallelujah, for hours, four o'clock in the morning, the pastor belts me into the car, in the rental car, hallelujah, puts a seatbelt on and says, you're on your own, brother, hallelujah, I got to make, and I'm driving back to the place I'm staying in Montreal, Quebec, glory to God, hallelujah, and I'm driving, and the car begins to shake, I thought I had a flat tire, I look at the speedometer. I'm only going five, not miles per hour, five kilometers an hour. I'm the one shaking. <laughs> I stop. I roll out of the car laughing. Hallelujah. 
The next day I have to fly out. Because we tap into a realm. Hallelujah. That suspends natural time. It's a realm of glory. I remember getting up. Getting the, the guy taking me in the, his car down to the airport. And we come on a car situation where there was a, a woman who was hit a patch of ice and hit a guardrail. Remember that story? She hit a guardrail. The guardrail broke off, went through her window like a javelin, hit her right between the eyes. She's laying outside her car like this. We're the first car on the scene. There's three other truckers there. They pull over. You walk, there's a pool of blood. It is disgusting, okay? I pull over. We look at this lady. You know, we call the, the ambulance. The ambulance is coming through the, the rush hour traffic. Makes a wrong turn through the St. Lawrence Tunnel. Has to go all the way back to the city, back over to the South Shore. We're standing there. And folks, all I can say to you is I didn't feel that realm. I felt no anointing. I felt jet lag. I felt tired, okay? And all I know is that I looked at this woman with a big gaping hole in her forehead with her right eye ripped out. I looked how she was dressed. I could tell she definitely was not a believer the way she was dressed, or at least, at least backslidden. And I began to think about my own children, my own wife, okay? And the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion and healed the sick. Hallelujah. You can tap into this glory realm through compassion. Woo, glory to God. And I looked at her and I just said, you know, and I just began to pray in the spirit of compassion for her. But I didn't know what else to do. Ha Began to pray and suddenly she coughed. Ha ha. Puff of fume, uh, 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 um, breath comes out in the cold Quebec air. And then her heart, you can tell, starts, but now blood, boom, boom, shooting out between a gaping hole in her head. And I scream, she's alive! The truckers, ah, run off. The police officer that arrived had gone back to his car to get a, um, a, a tarp to put over the, the, the scene, Okay. And he walks up, and I said, look, she's alive. And he went, <gasps> and then he started unfolding the tarp. I said, what are you doing? He says, she can't live like this. That head wound, she'll die right away. I says, back off in the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. Here's a sergeant of the precinct backing off. I'm screaming at him like a mother bear robbed of his cubs. You're not going to suffocate her. She's alive. And then I noticed that she's trying to come around. She's trying to get up. And then Pierre is leading her to the Lord in French in case she doesn't know English. It's beautiful. It's awesome. I noticed she has no right eye. <laughs> and I'm drunk in the spirit again already. You know, it kind of kicks in pretty quick. And I lay hands on her forehead. And I thought to myself, there's no sense in her having a glass eye and her children looking at her like Sammy Davis Jr. the rest of her life, you know. I'm sure that's what I thought. <laughs> that's cool. He's Jewish, you know. <laughs> and so I laid hands on her, and I said, Lord, give her a new eye and make sure it's a blue one. I did not know she had a blue eye. The ambulance came, pushed us out of the way. Jaws of life began to cut her open. Put me on an airplane. Took off. Called Pierre. He says, you got to get back here, man. She's in the hospital. I flew immediately back from Saskatoon. It's a long flight from Saskatoon back to Quebec. Got back to the hospital. Her father met us in the hallway and uh, invited us in to see her. She was sitting up in bed. Listen, wait, wait, wait. wait. And uh, her, her father said in French, these are the men that helped you on the roadside. And then she turned and looked at me with those blue eyes. Now, you can read the rest of the testimony, what the surgeon said, etc., on our book, The Gentle Whisper, The Secret Place. But I don't want you to focus on this woman. I want you to focus on now, the eternal realm that you can tap into right now. Hallelujah. Whoa! Why did this happen? Listen, 
I like, I'm real practical. I like to connect the dots and see a smiley Jesus face, right? Okay. I like to connect the dots and I know it's not just revival meetings. It is not just being, uh, opening yourself up and, and wanting being hungry for the Lord and dancing and flowing in the river. Okay. And all those wonderful things. There is a, I look back and I say, what caused some of those things to ignite? There was a certain psalmist anointing upon this man over here, upon this ministry that has tapped. And that's why Steve and I get along. Hallelujah. Because he was was born again. Hallelujah. When God visited you, amen. You sang it on the Shaginoff album. I know your whole testimony. Hallelujah. He visited me the same way. That's why they're here from Canada because we've all tapped into this realm. Glory to God. And for whatever reason, the prophet says, send me a minstrel. He didn't send me, he didn't say, send me another worship leader from the Bible school. Send me a minstrel. And the hand of the Lord came on him. Hallelujah. So what did I do during this time of training in Israel for this triathlon, Olympic event, and uh, time trial event, cycling event? I began to listen over and over to the old Shaginoth albums. Hallelujah. I, I told you that over and over. I put in my earbud. Hallelujah. I listened to it all the time. And there would be, not all the time, but there would be times that I could literally feel the resurrection power of Jesus come inside my belly. And I told Steve, I said, the whole team is amazed. I'm doing times. Things are happening. Okay, I went to train. Listen, I have no training like this. I went to train with an Olympic coach in Florida. And when I was here last time in April, he said to me, he says, I wish I had you when you were 14 years old. You'd be an Olympic swimmer. He says, how long have you been swimming? I said, I don't know, maybe a year, not very long. He said, who's trained you? I don't know. I just got some YouTube videos of Michael Phelps and just kind of. Try to do the same thing. <laughs> he says, it's amazing. He says, I wonder what your VO2 max is. And I says, well, I just had it tested in Israel. They can't figure it out because I was a kid. I, had a lot of, I have scar tissue in my lungs because my parents used to smoke at home and I had bronchitis as a kid. And they did a VO2 max test. And he said, we don't understand how you can produce so much wattage on these bicycle pedals because you don't have the consumption of oxygen going on. This is kind of scratching our head. And I began, come on, folks, hallelujah. It's not about me. It's not about you running a triathlon, come on. It's about tapping into the unknown realm of glory, hallelujah. And all the time, I listen, I don't know where, where the part of your family is or the worship team here, but I listen to DNA all the time. I listen on the airplane coming here. Don't you get tired of it. Don't you get familiar with it. Come on. That you have a little contempt. You're looking for something else. There is a resident Holy Ghost anointing and I'm the guinea pig to prove it. Hallelujah. There's all kinds of Christian music out there. I don't want to sing about God. I want to sing to him. I don't want just to sing psalms and hymns. I want to sing spiritual songs. Hallelujah. I don't want outer court, inner court. I want holy of holies. I want to go to a place, hallelujah, in worship where he scares the snot out of me. Read this Shaginov. Come on, a prayer of Habakkuk. According to the Shaginov, something crazy, something wild, something highly emotional. Lord, I've heard the report about thee and I fear. Lord, revive thy work. This is the only place outside of Psalms that it talks about revival in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Revive thy work as in the midst of the years. In the midst of years, make it known in wrath and mercy. God comes with Timon, the Holy One from the Mount of Paran. I want to take you out of the Mount of Paran, man. Woo, hallelujah. It's pretty cool out there in that desert. His splendor covers the heavens. The earth is full of his praise. His radiance is like sunlight. He has rays flashing from his hand. There's a hiding place of his power. Look at this for all those people that believe God is good all the time. God is good according to your goodness of definition. Before him goes pestilence and a plague comes after him. You can't rip that out of the Bible. You'll start preaching another Jesus if you do. Who is this one? Hallelujah. All I know is, but I want to praise him. All I know is I want to step over into that realm. He is looking for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Abba is seeking those. Hallelujah. 
Verse 11, the sun and moon stood still. What is this suspension of time? So Steve and I, we begin to pray, and I says, listen, let's just believe for a suspension of time in an athletic event that I'm not qualified or tailored or trained to do. Hallelujah. Let's run that video. Glory to God. I'm going to show you a quick video of the 18th Maccabi Olympics, the third largest sporting event in the world. Um, 9,000 Jewish athletes from 64 nations in Israel every four years. Um, and as you know it, the Lord would have me sign up for the two hardest events, triathlon, <laughs> endurance, and the cycling time trial event. Hallelujah. And uh, I'll give a little commentary as we begin. Run the race on the left. Thanks for having patience to listen to my zeal. Hallelujah. But I can just leave this with you tonight, and we'll see you tomorrow. But as I will listen to Shagainov, listen to music that was spontaneous, just flowed, it was windward, you know what I'm saying? And I began to very conscious of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in our bellies. And I remember in the race up there where the silver medal was won, it was very hot, it was a very hot desert day. And I remember yielding from my belly and it's like I was caught up in a suspension of time and an invisible tailwind began to push me along. Hallelujah. And when I crossed the finish line, it was one of the fastest times and that professionals and category one amateurs were coming up saying, man, where you come from? How long have you been riding? And I just say, well, I didn't know how to ride a bike 11 months ago. <laughs> and it was such a sign and wonder to these people. And I just want to share with you guys, let's yield to the greater one within. Amen? Let's just yield to him. And the key is this spontaneous music. Even if Shaginoff was done 10 years ago, there's still a resonant anointing on it. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, that they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they would be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming, running home to you now. In your name I pray, amen.
If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.